Cup in motion. Stafford off the play fake. Looking long for Cooper Cup. He's wide open. He's got it in stride. He's going to go in. 62 yards. What a breakdown by the Commanders. Let the conversation continue with Ryan, Trista, and Nick and BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM. Yeah, well, my commanders have a lot of those breakdowns every single week, guys. And you know what? This is good. The more losses, the better. The problem was on that Cooper Cup touchdown, there was like a 10-car length between the nearest defender and Cooper Cup when he caught the football. The bees like that. Oh, it was as bad of a breakdown defensively as you could possibly have. But again, the more losses, the closer we are to probably not Caleb Williams because I don't think that the Carolina Panthers are going to win another game. But you know what? I'll maybe take it all. Maybe you'll get like Joe out to uh, protect uh, Sam Howell. You get your left tackle of the future, right? Yeah, we need a quarterback of the future, too. I agree. Yeah. Oh, now you're out on Sam Howell? You finally figured it out? I mean, no, like... No, Green Bay. No, I'm not <laughs> I'm not out on him. I mean, it's it's hard for anybody to play behind a USFL, XFL offensive this line. This is true. He has no time in the pocket. But yeah, dude, like, if you could get Drake May, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, uh, Jaden Daniels... Yeah. I take I, them all. Yeah. And you know what Sam Howell but would be? But I would be? say Sam could come if he wants to. He could compete for the backup job. No, no actually, we'd like he to have him as a backup in Washington. You know, maybe... Uh, oh, stop. Jordan loves go, your you guy. You could go the Jordan Love route. He, yeah. could, he could hold the clipboard <laughs> for three go. years. <laughs> the Travis Rogers jumps on with us now. ESPN LA, Rams pre and post host, also the host of the uh, Locked on Rams podcast. Let's talk about these Rams because it's been a roller coaster of a season, clearly. Uh, when they're healthy... Still a pretty damn good team. Coming into the season, I loved them to go over their win total. Thought this was a team that if they could stay relatively healthy was a playoff team. And now it's 7-7. Seven and seven. Going into this Thursday night game now against the Saints tomorrow, I look at a team that's got a lot on the line that looks pretty good offensively. Mind you, they did what they did against the Commanders. Everybody does that against my team. But what when you look at the Rams right now, do you see a team that's, not a, like, that's trending upward right now at just the right time where you have that confidence over the next three weeks for them to get into the postseason? Yeah, you were far more optimistic about them at the beginning of the year than I was. <laughs> I, I, did, I did not think that this was a playoff team. I did not think that this was a team that was going to win more than five or six games. I thought that this was a three or a four win team, honestly. They did absolutely nothing during the offseason. They let a ton of talent leave, and other than through the draft, they didn't bring any talent in. Um and it looked like that's how it was going to start. And then they had an incredibly low point uh, about starting about week four till they went through their week by, uh, week 10 by. But since then, they've turned into a different team. The, the offensive line got better. Matthew Stafford has been fantastic. And Kyron Williams has been healthy. And with all of those things happening at the same time, they are a good team. They score a ton of points. They, you know, they had the commanders aside, they had two weeks in a row prior to that. Uh, against Baltimore and against Cleveland, two of the best defenses in the league, where they scored over 30 points and looked like a really good football team. They have a very good quarterback. They've got two and a half really good wide receivers and a running back that's really coming to his own. I'm incredibly surprised where they are. I'm happy that they are where they are, and, and I do think they're going to win their next two games and get into the playoffs. For the first time in Matt Stafford's career, a running back on his team has had two consecutive 100-yard running games. <laughs> Since Kyron Williams came back from injury, Rams, like you said, three and one. Like in yep. your mind, how does he open things up for the Rams in this offense? Well, it's funny. So the Rams offense, when you think of it, you think of Sean McVay, you think of him chucking it all over the place. You think of Jared Goff putting up big numbers. You think of Matthew Stafford and the no look pass in the Super Bowl and all the things that they've done and pass, pass, pass. And that's I personally partially think of Todd Gurley. 
Well, there you go. That's exactly right. So the best version of this offense was when Todd Gurley was there. The best version of this offense is when you have a running back that not only can catch it out of the backfield, but that runs it and runs it a lot and runs it effectively. This is the first guy since Gurley that can do that. This is somebody that can get you 100 yards on the ground, that's going to catch five or six passes, that's pretty good in pass protection, that does all of those things that Gurley did. Um, and it's the first time where they've had kind of a two-way go in a little bit of a while. Um, you know, it, it worked really well when Matthew Stafford had all these weapons and all pros on defense and everything else. But the last couple of seasons, they did not have that. Uh, they finally have that running game again. And Williams has kind of unlocked everything for that team. Uh, Travis, the reason I kind of bought into the Rams coming into the season is Sean McVay could have made a lot of money, you know, to go into the broadcast booth. And he was having a child and he's getting married and whatnot. And so... I don't know why you'd want the stress. I mean, it's crazy schedule, obviously, as an NFL coach, but I just think this is one of his better coaching jobs, and it's crazy because right now, if you look at the coach of the year betting odds, he's still 30-1. to 1. He's all the way down this list. You have to keep scrolling down. Uh, what could you say about the coaching job that he's done this season? You know, I mean, you went into the season, people thought maybe this team wins four or five games. Maybe they have an outside shot at, like, an early draft pick, and instead they're competing yeah. for the playoffs right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to say it's the best job he's done when he's been to the Super Bowl two other years, but I think this is the best job he's done relative to the talent that he's had on his football team. That, you know, when he first came in, the talent was decent, if not great. But after that, it got, they, they were loaded. I mean, they had all pro quarterbacks, they had all pro wide receivers, they had an all pro left tackle, they had Aaron Donald, still have Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Bobby Wagner, uh, Von Miller, just you go right down the list. They had an incredible roster of talent. This team, not so much. It's basically Stafford Cup, Donald, and a bunch of guys no one had ever heard of until a few weeks ago. And, you know, Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, and these guys kind of popped off. But I, I agree with you. I think that relative to the expectations, relative to the talent on the football team, this is as good a job as he has ever done. Um, the, the entire culture of the Rams changed like that when Sean McVay showed up. This was a team that had the same owner. It's a team that had the same general manager, the same COO, that were good, but maybe not at that next level. Jeff Fisher uh, gets canned. McVay comes in, and since then, they've been one of the best organizations in the league with different quarterbacks, different wide receivers, different offensive lines, different defensive stars. The only piece that's remained the same has been Sean McVay. I, I think he's, if he's not the best coach in the league, he's on the first hand of best coaches in the league. He's going to stay as long as he wants. Uh, he's going to get paid whatever he wants, wherever he wants to go get it. And this team should be very grateful that they hired a 30-year-old seven years ago. Just to piggyback off of that, the one thing that you could actually kind of knock Sean McVay before is just the goal line play calling, red zone play yep. calling. I think I saw one first and goal. He called three consecutive failed passes. Uh, he even himself has said that that like, needs to change. Why do you think they're not using Kyron uh, on the goal line or inside the 10? I don't think Sean McVay knows why he doesn't do it. He was talking about it earlier this week, and he said the same thing, that it, it doesn't make any sense. You know, the, I'll use the Ravens game as an example. They drive right down the field, nine runs in a row. They, they go from their own 25 to inside the 10-yard line, and then they decide, you know what, we're going to throw it three times in a row. We saw him do it again against the Commanders where they got inside the 10-yard line and they got pass happy all over again. Sean McVay has been asked that question a million times, and it's always, yeah, I got to do better. I got to put us in a better position to succeed and all the things that Sean McVay says. 
and then they go and they pass it a bunch of times in a row. I do think that the light has gone off. It, you're right. It's really the one criticism that I think is entirely fair of Sean McVay since he's got here is his red zone play calls, and in particular inside the 10-yard line play calls. He loves to throw it. We know he loves to throw it. And it's almost like you want to run out of the press box and tackle him and force him to run it when he gets inside the 10-yard line because when they do, the Rams score touchdowns, and it changes everything. Talking to Travis Rogers, Bet MGM tonight. So Cooper Cup, when he came back from that injury at the beginning of this, you know, the beginning of the run for him in the return. You're talking 118 yards on eight catches, seven for 148, and then everything started to dip for a long period of time. Yeah. I know Matt Stafford was out. There was a lot going on. It feels like over the last couple of weeks, things have gotten back to where we see the old Cooper Cup again. How much does he look like the old Cooper Cup of a couple of years ago to you? Well, I was afraid he was just old Cooper Cup instead of the old <laughs> Cooper Cup. That was the fear, right? That it looked like a guy had aged, uh, you know, accelerating. He, it was funny because you're right. Everything you said, I think, is accurate. But just watching him get up off the ground, he, he gets up off the ground like I do. Like, you you know, just put a hand down and kind of move around. It's like nothing looked good. But the last couple of weeks... He's that old. He's that older. The, the the old version of him where he pops back up. He's much quicker. He's much crisper. It seems like he's got a little more life in his legs. Nobody is really talking about injuries, but I can't imagine it was anything other than he did not feel great. That he had some nagging stuff because he showed up after the opening part of the season. He missed the first four games. He was on IR. He didn't play at all in the preseason at all in camp, and it looked okay. And then it dipped hard. I just wonder if he wasn't entirely healthy. But the last couple of weeks. He looks like Cooper Cup, and add that with Kyren, add that with Puka, add that with Wana, who I believe is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Matthew Stafford, and he's going to get his. He's still a really high-level player, and now you got Cup on the other – or excuse me, uh, Nakua on the other side, and he's looking a lot like Cooper Cup. That's why I'm optimistic. Oh, Travis, really quick, I want to uh, pivot and talk a little Brandon Staley because obviously he was the defensive coordinator oh. with the Rams, and then he spent three <laughs> years with the Chargers. Year one, everybody absolutely loved him, and then it was a mess. I ask this because, I'm a, unfortunately, I'm a Packer fan, and right now we have Joe Barry uh, as the defensive coordinator, and I just okay. have this feeling that Brandon Staley might be next because LaFleur really <laughs> wanted him. Do you, think, do you think he's a solid? Do you think he could be a defensive coordinator in this league? I don't think he's a head coach, but do you think he could be a uh, – you know, he could go back and take over a defense and be a fine coordinator, or do you think it's just kind of done for him? I, I am not a fan. So uh, yeah. I, I do not think that he is a guy that is going to have a great deal of success. I think he was put in an incredibly positive environment with Sean McVay. I think he was given – not that he didn't have talented players in, in Sandy or L.A., whatever the Chargers are now, that he, he – you know, he had Derwin James. You had Khalil Mack. You had Bosa. You had these guys. But when he was with the, the Rams – you got Von Miller. You've got um, Aaron Donald. You've got Jalen Ramsey. You've got all of these unbelievably talented guys. So I, I, you know, he could coordinate that. Sure, if you want to give him three Hall of Famers, yeah, I think he could do a good job. But if you need him to do something from scratch, I, I I'm not a fan. I, Brandon Staley. Yeah, they don't got that, unfortunately. No, no. Like there's always <laughs> rumors that if Raheem Morris does get his next head coaching job sooner than later, whether Staley would be a good fit coming back and. I don't want him on my team, so I wouldn't wish him on yours. 
Yeah, no doubt. I, I wanted to ask because we do play player props, uh, and I want to ask kind of about the difference going forward between what we can expect from Puka Nakua versus Cooper Cup moving forward because even, like you said, Cooper Cup, his production dipped down, and it felt like, oh, well, maybe Puka's now the number one receiver. And now the last few weeks it's very clearly not been the case. Like, How is this target share between those two going to get divvied up for the rest of the season? You know, I think the Cup is always going to be the first guy. I think the Cup is probably always going to get the lion's share of the first looks. He's going to get the lion's share of the first calls and the catches and everything else. But there always is what we kind of talk about when we, we talk about the Rams on, on the pregame show, we talk about on the post and, and on my talk show, is there's the Puka drive. There's always a drive, sometimes two, where not only does he get the ball a couple of times, it seems like he gets the ball in every play. And that's kind of the one that sparks them to, to, to get going. He is the emotional leader of that offense, uh, Puka Nakua is. So if that happens early, he tends to get a few more catches throughout the course of the game. But sometimes they wait for that Puka drive until the second or third quarter, which can keep that catch total down a little bit. If you're just looking for, for targets and things like that and, and receptions, I would always kind of lean towards Cup. But, uh, but Puka, you know, P Puka's been terrific all season He's long. He's the yards guy. He, he's the yards guy, and he's the he's the emotional guy. He's the big play guy, and I'm not talking big play like down the field, but he's the guy that catches the ball over the middle and gets blown up and holds onto the ball, the guy that makes the circus catch along the sideline. He's kind of the, the spark plug guy for this Rams team, but Cup's still the guy that's going to get most of the numbers, I think, going forward. All right, Travis, so let's look ahead specifically to Thursday night football. Rams are four-point favorites at home against the Saints. What do you expect to happen in that game, and what do the Saints need to, or what do the Rams need to do to just make this one of those games where they just keep the Saints aside? Because that offense, man, I, I Derek Carr is one of the biggest disappointments in the. I really thought that was going to make that offense better in New Orleans. They are hard to watch. Well, the last time we saw uh, Derek Carr in, in SoFi Stadium was on a Thursday night last season when he was the quarterback of the Raiders, and Baker Mayfield had been a Ram for seven seconds and beat him. And, and and it was because Derek Carr couldn't complete a pass. I, and I think that's the same game plan, that make Derek Carr beat you. When the Rams play with a lead, they're really tough to beat because they can grind clock, because they can control possession, they can do these sorts of things. The, the game against the Commanders, I, I heard you guys talking about it on the way in, that should have been a three or a four touchdown blowout for the Rams. Kyron Williams fumbled a couple of times. The Rams got a little sloppy at the end. Rams offense is humming. They're scoring a lot of points right now. Uh, I think they cover. I think that they probably score over 30, whether or not Derek Carr can get his team into the, the 20s, the mid-20s or not. That's the part that I'm not quite sure on. But the, the Rams are going to score points this weekend. They, they've been scoring points. If, they, if they're clean, if they don't turn it over, Matthew Stafford, I think, has only thrown two picks in his last five games. Uh, if they can continue that trend, I think they're going to win, and, and I think they'll cover. I think they'll score more than 30. All right, so you got me taking Rams minus four and over the Rams team total. So I'm going to go with Kyron both of those. Kyron Williams rushing Oh, yards, that's an every obviously. week. Kyron Williams yeah. rushing plus receiving yards every single week over is one of my favorite bets, and I'll continue to ride that thing the rest of the way. Travis Rogers, Good ESPN stuff. LA, Locked on Rams podcast as well, pre- and post-game show. Does it all for them out there. Appreciate the time, man. I know the traffic was uh, was rough out there in LA. It's usually pretty bad. <laughs> Not in LA. What are you talking about? Never. And nah. it's raining. So it's basically Armageddon.
Oh, man, yeah, you guys, I mean, we're bad with snow out here, but when it rains out there, man, you guys definitely act like we like out here in D.C. with the snow. Even a sprinkle, Even a sprinkle, and it's like, the world is Remember ending. last Christmas, though? Oh, my God, Travis, I don't think it stopped raining over that break. Oh, my god. It, it finally stopped about a week ago, and now it started again, so we're ready for there it. There you go. Thanks, Travis. Thanks, Appreciate Travis. the time, man. You got it. It is true. It's like instant chaos just to add a sprinkle of water out there. Forgot about that. What a great quote on Joe Barry. He just pretty much said he sucks. Yeah, yep. he does. Yeah. And he does? Yep. Oh, and uh, not Joe Barry. Uh, well, yeah, Joe Barry, too. Yeah, that too. And Staley. Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley, Both too. Both of them. Seton Hall's up eight, guys. Feeling good. <laughs> Duke's down six. Bet MGM tonight. That's not.